My Car Guru, episode 195. Hello, folks. This is Lenny Lawson, the Car Guru, and I have been shopping today. I think I mentioned this in yesterday's episode. I had to go to Statesville, North Carolina, got up at 5 in the morning, and uh, jumped in my little 2005 Porsche 911 Carrera. Thought I'd have fun driving across the Tennessee and uh, North Carolina mountains uh, over I-26, and it was a great drive. My, my nephew went with me. He lives right behind me. I sold him a couple acres um, right there behind me. And the reason I did is because he was willing to build a swimming pool. And I get permanent rights of usage. So he was welcome to the neighborhood. But we got up at, uh, I got up at 445. And we had to be there early because you want to get to the auction early to be able to inspect the cars that you were interested in. And so while we're driving, it's about a three-hour drive to Statesville from Greenville, Tennessee, where I live. And um, beautiful drive. Uh, and, and it's a whole lot longer coming back than it is going for some reason. You ever notice that? But we got there early, and we were able to get out on the lot and start looking at cars. And uh, there weren't near as many as I thought there were going to be. I think there were about 1,900 vehicles that were going to roll across the auction block that day. As I mentioned... Uh, there's not a lot of people at- attend the auction anymore. Most people sit at their computers and buy online. I've just had more luck when I can actually lay my eyeballs on it and touch them and feel them and hear them and and so forth. So we were able to buy, we bought seven vehicles. I bought another Porsche, and I had no intention I was going to buy anything like that, but they had a, a 2021 Cayman S, and um, it was black had no damage, had only had 13,000 miles on it. And nobody was really paying any attention to it. So I just followed it into the uh, where the auctioneer was, and there's nobody in there. I was the only guy. And so they started the auction. It's weird when you're the only one standing there, and the auctioneer is just looking at you and looking at the screen for the Internet bidders. And so had uh, he couldn't get any bids at first, so I started it really low, and he just kind of shook his head. But they put the number up there, and then the bid started rolling in. It was me against five or six other Internet bidders, and finally they jumped off. And it was well under what I had intended to pay for the car, so I ended up buying it, and uh, my nephew Max got to drive it back. So we were a two-Porsche caravan coming back. We decided to come back the curvy way. Instead of taking the interstate all the way on I- I-26, we decided to get off and go through the big city of Marshall, North Carolina, and uh, right near Hot Springs, North Carolina, and that was a mistake. They're doing road construction there on this little curvy two-lane, and so we did a lot of waiting, a lot of riding behind big old dump trucks full of uh, hot asphalt. That was not fun. That was not how we had envisioned the trip through the, the curvy part of the mountains. We thought we would be carving up those mountains like, you know, carving up a Thanksgiving turkey. But no, we were the turkey. We did not get to carve anything. But we eventually broke through to the Tennessee line and and headed down. And now I'm sitting here at the dealership. Came in and and, uh, drove the, or or Max drove the Cayman up to the detail shop. So they've already started on it. And we are, uh, I just went around checking on things. You know, I, I like to walk through the store. Sometimes it's a good thing for the boss just to walk around and talk to people. Say hi. How's the family? You know, check on things in the shop, make sure everybody's on their toes, pick up trash here and there. You know, I'm kind of a, I'm not a neat freak, 
But as far as my office and stuff like that, I mean, it's relatively neat. I have a few piles. But I really want my dealership and my service drive, any customer-facing area, to be nice and neat and organized. And uh, So I picked up a couple uh, random pieces of paper. The children's play area was a little messy. Somebody must have been in there just having a good time, so I had to straighten it up. So now I am in my office talking to you. And the things I want to talk to you about today, I want to do a little reminder on car sounds. And I'm not talking about the radio or listening to a podcast or something like that. I'm talking about some sounds that your car makes or may make that means there's a problem. And you need to pay attention and get these things taken care of before it becomes expensive. A lot of people say, you know, they hear this noise and they forget about it. They're driving the next day and they hear the noise again and it's a little bit louder. And they say, I need to get that fixed. I need to call for an appointment. By the time they get to work, they've already forgotten about the noise. They keep driving it. Uh, Then they finally do remember, take it into the shop, and um, but it's been a week or two, and now their brake rotors are completely gone and they have to replace them. If they had just jumped on it earlier, the rotors could have been turned, costing a whole lot less. And um, so, you know, those sounds do mean things. So we're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about an issue that came up uh, last week. customer called me and asked me if I uh, could repair their vehicle. They'd hit a deer. And I said, well, I'm sorry you hit the deer. Um, did it do a lot of damage to, to your car? And I said, well, just the, the right front. But, you know, I listened to your radio show, and I just want to make sure, see if you guys could do it. And I said, well, I don't have a body shop anymore. I do restorations of cars, and we do paint cars. And, you know, we end up doing body work, but we're, we're not approved by any insurance company, and we really don't want to do insurance work. So she said, well, where do you recommend that I go? So I had a few recommendations based on the criteria that I'm going to give you here in just a few minutes. So we'll get on that as soon as I get back from this break. Okay, I am back. You know, it's interesting. If people would just learn to uh, listen to their cars, then they could head off a lot of expense. You know, sometimes it's going to be something that's broken, and it manifests itself as a noise. And you just keep driving it, and and it's going to gradually get worse. Sometimes, though... It gets worse in a hurry. And when that happens, it typically means it's going to cost a lot of money. With the average labor rate probably hovering around somewhere around $100 to $130 an hour to repair vehicles now in, in major metropolitan areas, it's probably 2 to 250 an hour. Yep, there's that much difference between the big city and rural America. Um, it's cheaper to own a car around here. And then, of course, parts prices and delays in getting parts big issue. I'm having a problem with my 65 Mustang restoration project right now. It's just a little teeny thing. I'm getting the car completely rewired. He's almost done. And then he comes up a couple weeks ago and says, Lenny, I need a neutral safety switch. And I said, okay, let me see what I can find. Uh, My parts department hadn't been able to find one. So I just started Googling it and found one at CJ Pony Parts. And they said it will be uh, three weeks before I can get it. I don't need it in three weeks. I need it now. So Googled a little bit more and found one that, that is twice the price that I can get. It's actually an original equipment manufactured part, OEM. We're going to be talking about that here in just a minute. But uh, So I can get it day after tomorrow. So that's what I'm going to do, even though it costs more. Sometimes you have to make that decision. But anyway, sounds are important. And, of course, when you have your radio blasting um, on whatever, music, uh, it may be a podcast or whatever you listen to. Sometimes you need to just turn the radio off and just maybe for, I don't know, 10 miles or so, just listen to your car. Just drive and enjoy the peace and quiet. And if you hear something unusual, either when you're accelerating 
uh, applying the brakes, you know, coming to a stop, and you hear some noises, you feel something, you feel some vibrations. Or when you're going around turns or, you know, making a sharp turn and you're turning the steering wheel from lock to lock, and maybe in a parking lot, you hear something that sounds a little bit different. That's when you need to uh, take it into the service department and get it checked before it becomes a serious problem. Uh, you know, if you hear a pecking noise at startup, this is one of the things that, that you hear a lot on modern cars because of the way the valve trains are, are built. Uh, you'll hear some top engine noise. And it's, it's more of a light pecking sound, okay? It's not a, a knocking, so like somebody knocking on a door. It's more of a tapping on glass or something. When you hear that, it's not necessarily serious, uh, especially because the car is cold and the oil has not made its way to the top of the engine yet. If it goes away pretty quickly, don't worry about it. But if that persists as you go down the road, you continue to hear this noise, you've got a problem, and it needs to be addressed. Is it going to be expensive? Probably. Um, I've seen an oil change solve that problem before, though. So it may be that you haven't changed your oil in a long time or that your oil level is low. Keep that oil changed. Change it every 5,000 miles um, or six months and um, rotate your tires every time you get your oil changed. 5,000 miles, rotate your tires, get your oil changed. And use OEM filters, factory oil filters. If you go to the you know, Jiffy Lube Place or whatever the fast lube place is, fine. Just go to the, the Chevy store and buy AC Delco filters. Go to the Ford store and buy Motocraft filters and just keep them in your car. You know, keep two or three of them in there. Use factory filters. Because I can assure you, if you have a warranty problem and it's an engine failure, one of the first things they're going to look, if you're under warranty, is they're going to look up and see if that filter is a factory filter because... They, some factories, um, manufacturers have gotten by with blaming the, the uh, engine failure on an oil filter. Now, should they have? Probably not. But I'm just a big fan of factory stuff. So anyway, let's see. Metal on metal sound when you're applying the brakes. If you hear a, a screeching, I call it a screeching noise, scraping noise whenever you apply your brakes, it's very possible that the uh, brake pads themselves themselves have worn out and you are getting into the rivets, metal rivets that actually attach the uh, uh, brake pad, the pad material to itself to the backing plate. So um, if you hear that, you're not supposed to have metal touching metal when brakes are involved. And what that does is, is it wears grooves into your rotor. That's the big silver thing that the brake squeezes onto to slow your car down. And if those rotors get grooved enough, it's not groovy. It, it's bad. And um, sometimes they can be turned on a lathe. Sometimes shops use a on-car brake lathe where they don't actually pull them off. Sometimes they pull them off and put it on just like a lathe that you might see in a wood shop. And they cut some material off. But sometimes, if that's been done once already, sometimes you can't do it again and you have to buy new rotors. And if you buy new rotors, again, buy OEM rotors. Don't buy aftermarket rotors. Because that steel is not as high quality. It may be from China or someplace like that. It's not as high quality as what you're going to get if you go back and buy what is sold through uh, the parts department at the dealership where you bought your car, the same brand. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm, I mentioned roar, roaring noises that increase or de decrease with speed. This is probably a wheel bearing going bad. This can, put, this can strand you on the side of the road if you let it go long enough. And sometimes you'll hear your tires roar. 
I could hear that on my Porsche when we were on certain road services going to uh, Statesville today. I could hear rah, 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 kind of like that. And I knew that it's not a wheel bearing. I knew it was my tires. And it may be your tires, but it's worth getting checked out. And then finally, you know, I'm not going to go over all these, but still, one other one that costs people some money is if you hear um, like a, a groaning kind of a noise when you turn your steering wheel, when you start to turn it, and you also sometimes get some feedback in your steering wheel, like it's kind of fighting you a little bit to turn left or right. Uh, you could be low on power steering fluid. That's a whole lot cheaper than replacing your entire rack and pinion steering gear. So, that's another fluid that's in there that has to be paid attention to. I don't care if you're driving an electric. Well, some electric cars are going to have electric power steering. A lot of modern cars do, though, not just electric cars. But it's something that you need to pay attention to. Okay, let's talk about the body shop here just a second. You know, if you wreck your car, um, there are some nightmare scenarios that can happen. Uh, it's, sometimes it's caused by the wrong coverage, the wrong insurance company. You, you thought that you were buying you know, this type of coverage that was complete. If anything happened to your car, it was going to be put back to new. But you got to read the contract that you're signing with your insurance company because they don't have to put it back to new. Uh, they can use used parts. Um, they can actually make the repair decisions because they're the ones paying for it. Yes, you pay the premium, but in the agreement that you signed with the insurance company, you gave them the right, the right to negotiate on your behalf with the body shop. And you know what their motive is, right? They want you. To, they want the car to be fixed. They want to retain you as a customer. But they also want to fix the car as cheaply as possible. So you got to watch out for that. Sometimes they want you to use used parts. Now, I don't mind using used parts on a car that's 10 years old. Um, but if it's five years old or less, you know, I want them to use new parts. And you may have been behind some of these trucks that say, that say LKQ Parts Supply. That stands for like, kind, and quality. Those aren't new either. And lots of times they are from uh, China. You don't want to, if you have to replace a body part on your vehicle, like a fender or a quarter panel or a door, something like that, um, you want those parts to come from the manufacturer who made those parts. They are stamped, like for example, the fenders are stamped on the same stamp that stamped your original fenders. They fit. Uh, body shops don't like to use aftermarket um, sheet metal parts. And sometimes they'll charge extra labor just to get it done. Now, you don't have to worry about that. You're just paying your deductible, right? So your cost is going to be fixed. But the insurance company is wheeling and dealing to try to get your car fixed as cheaply as possible because they know they can, number one, and they know they can get by with it because more than likely you're not going to notice it. I'll tell you who's going to notice it. The people that you try to trade your car into, the new car dealer who is a professional, has a used car manager that knows what he's talking about, comes out, looks at your car. He can tell that it's you know that the body panels don't fit, don't line up. He can tell that the paint's not right. He can tell that there's body filler in it. He'll go around with a little gauge that measures paint thickness sometimes. And uh, you know he's just trying to determine if, if a particular panel has been repainted because sometimes it's hard to tell with your eyeballs. Um, but anyway, you've got to make sure you pick the right insurance company. Read, read the coverage. See what they're going to limit you to. You know, what if I had a company one time said once a car got, it, got a year old or over a year old, they could put whatever kind of parts on it they wanted to. And uh, I would have not been happy with that type of coverage. The second mistake that you can probably make in, in this scenario 
Well, the first mistake is not dodging the deer or not paying attention, you know, when you rear-ended somebody. You know, this these apply also to, you know, somebody hits you and it's their fault and their insurance company is paying. They can't make you do anything you don't want to do. They can't even make you take it to a body shop of their choice. You take it wherever you want to take it. Um, and you can use whatever kind of parts you want to. But if it's your coverage covering your car, then your your privileges are reduced based on the agreement that you sign. Okay, so taking it to the wrong body shop is a big mistake. You know, you can check Angie's list. I'm sure there are other rating services. Check their Google reviews. Make sure you read the comments before you take it in. You know, most of the time, that you the complaints that you will see will not be quality complaints. It'll be communication complaints. That, that, you know, they told me my car would be done in two weeks, and here I am two months later, and it's still not fixed. And it may not be their fault. They may be waiting on parts. And sometimes that wait exceeds your rental car coverage. You ever had that happen? So you want a body shop that doesn't have big delays, that they're going to get your car in and out. I would talk to the body shop manager, say, listen, I need my car back. You say, how long do you think it's going to take to fix it? And Because uh, I've got 30 days of rental car coverage. And he said, well, we'll get done in at, at least 15 days. Okay, I'll give you 20 days, but I don't want to have to pay for my rental car anymore. And I would call him every week and find out what the status is of the repair and maybe even drop in. Can I see my car? I just want to see how you guys are doing. Oh, I'm sorry. It's parked around back. You can't see it. And they really haven't even started on it. So these, these are important things to find out about. Will somebody lie to you like that? Yes. Okay, third mistake. This is a big one. Not reviewing the estimate prior to repairs. So somebody writes an estimate. Um, well, we used to write them, actually type it into a computer now. Get a printout of that estimate and, and check it out. Now, I know you don't know what you're looking at, but it's going to be broken down into four main categories. Hopefully, you didn't have bad enough wreck where it damaged the frame or the unibody, you know, the understructure of the vehicle. If it did then there are other issues you need to be concerned about. But anyway, the main categories are the frame repairs. Uh, again, this is a big concern if it's not done right. Uh, body repairs, which is where they're working with the metal, replacing fenders and stuff like that, or repairing dents in the metal. Uh, and then paint repairs, and then paint materials. Okay, as far as the frame is concerned, you want a before and after measurement. I would not want to take my vehicle to a body shop that did not have a laser measuring system to measure the frame and to get it back to where it needs to be. Uh, the best equipment that you can buy on the market is a Chief Easy Liner. And they have a Chief uh, laser measuring system, like an Indian Chief, okay? And uh, now there, there may be some other brands out there, but if they don't have that technology, it's very hard to be real precise with it. So I want a before and after, and the after shot is basically a report that prints out of the machine. It tells you whether the, the uh, repairs are back to factory specifications, okay? All right. Uh, body repairs. Watch for major work on any panels. Let's say that they're not going to replace your fender, but it looks pretty badly dented. If they're not going to replace it, then they're going to be using a lot of body filler. Bondo. You ever heard that term? You don't really want them to use much of that. And, uh, if, again, if, if it's your insurance that's paying for it, they, they make the call on that. You can fuss about it. You can say, listen, I don't want – that's dented bad enough. I don't want a bunch of Bondo in my car. I want my, my uh, fender replaced, and, and they may do it. But not if you're not involved. 
you know, the insurance company is going to work with the body shop. After they write the estimate, you accept it. You're out of the picture until you pick up your car. I'm not going to be out of the picture on my car because I want to make sure it's done right. But if there's major damage to a fender, for example, and they're not replacing it, then I'm going to be concerned. I'm going to insist on a replacement. Okay. Uh, Paint repairs. Make sure, make real sure, that when they paint, that there are not going to be any tape lines. I've mentioned this before, but tape lines are, you know, when they tape a car off, they're not painting the whole thing. So they tape off the section and put use these big sheets of paper to cover the areas that they're not painting. Or when you paint right up against the tape line, pull the tape off, it leaves a line there. It's where the paint buildup is. It's just a line. You don't want that. So they can avoid that by painting all the way to the edge of a panel, okay? And if you're painting around your doors, for example, you want them to, and they have to paint anywhere around the door jams, or if they're painting a fender or a door or, you know, a back door or whatever, you want to have them paint all the way into the uh, weather stripping on the inside of the door. Otherwise, they're going to leave tape lines. And, you know, when you go to trade cars, the first thing the dealer is going to do when he's evaluating your car, if he, if he doesn't see any damage on a Carfax, then he's going to go one step further. He's going to open the doors and feel around the doors. Um, and he's feeling for tape lines. And if they're there, oh, what happened to this car? All of a sudden, I don't feel warm and fuzzy about this car, and I'm not going to pay you as much as I thought I was going to. That's what he's thinking. You don't want tape lines. Uh, also, on the paint, make sure they're using a good water-based paint, um, you know, to paint your car, something that's similar, uh, almost identical to the paint that's on it. You know, one of the biggest problems with modern paints is just getting them to match. And so this is something you need to be concerned about. Um, I'm going to take my last break, and I'll finish this up for you. Okay, so we're talking about dealing with the body shop and the insurance company. I know these are all, I, I go pretty fast, but this is a podcast, so you can go back and listen to it again if you want to. Or you can just call me, send me a, a text message to 423-552-2020, and I'll answer the, uh, your questions and give you some direct advice on, on with regards to your situation. But anyway, the fourth thing that you have to do is you have to inspect before you sign the check. Now, sometimes the funds can be released with you just signing something digitally, like on an iPad or something like that. Don't sign it until you look at the car and inspect the car and make sure the paint matches. Look at the car in the shade and out in the sun. Just make sure, you know, if they just painted the door, the driver's door and the fender, if it's a certain, certain paints that have a lot of, I don't know, metallic in it, or if it's like a pearl white paint, silvers, grays, um, you know, some of these blues that have a lot of metallic in it, it's hard to make the paint match. And sometimes they will extend the paint into the door that wasn't damaged and just kind of, they call it blending it. And they're trying to just have this easy transition because they know it's hard to match the paint. Well, I was looking at a car today at the auction. It was a Toyota Camry, and I was pretty interested in it until I saw the uh, left sorry, right rear door. That's where they had blended the paint, and they had done a horrible job of going from, you know, one color to the next. It was all white, but when you stand back, it looked like, you know, it looked like my granddaughter painted it. And, she, I mean, she's a pretty good artist, but she's not that good. So uh, bring an extra set of eyes with you, too. You know, bring your neighbor that knows a lot about cars. Bring somebody that, you know, knows about um, body repairs and stuff like that. If you know somebody, if you don't, then ask a friend who, 
they may know somebody. Sometimes we call those people that come along with the actual customer, we call them the quarterback. And it's not bad to have a quarterback, especially if they're knowledgeable. Just make sure they are. Sometimes they just like to think they know it all, and they really don't. So you're going to watch out for that. Well, folks, this advice will save you money, serious money, if you pay attention to the noises that your car is making. And you just follow some easy steps, you know, paying attention to the the frame repair, body paint, and paint materials charges. Just look at that estimate. Don't don't just take for granted that these people are being uh, above board with you because sometimes they're not. Well, thanks for listening to this edition of My Car Guru, and I'll see you next time.